Anybody glad to be here today? Anybody glad to be here today? Yay! Man, we are so glad to be here. And all of you who are watching online, we're so glad that you're with us too. How you're joining us, we are so glad uh, that you're joining us. And we're hoping that you're glad to be with us as well. And I want to welcome you uh, to what we are calling Step Up, where we are challenging the entire church. We're challenging every single person. If, you just, if you're here or watching or you say you've come here once, you're in that challenge. We're challenging every single person to hit the fall running with us as a church. No excuses. We're not, we're not letting anything get in the way anymore. More. Uh, we are ready to roll for the fall, everybody. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, here's what I want to do just in the front of this. I'm going to just share a little bit about Step Up, a little bit about what we're doing as a church and how you can, here it is, everybody, not just see what we're doing, but how you can actually step up, how you can participate in this with us. We want more participation than just seeing what we're doing. Because here's the thing. I'm going to start all the way from the beginning uh, with who we are as a church and what we do. Because here's our mission. And I'm just going to let you know, it's never changed. It's never changed. Uh, it's the same today as it was a month ago, as it was six months ago when this mess started, as it was 12 years ago when we planted Taze Valley. Here's our mission. Here's who we are, what we're all about, and why we exist. We exist uh, to help anybody and everybody uh, take a next step with God in their journey with Him. That's why we're here. That's what the mission. Uh, we have not changed. We want to be a place where every single person is welcome to hear the story of Jesus uh, because we believe in Jesus and we believe that Jesus can change your life. He is God who came down in the flesh, lived a life that we couldn't live and died a death for us that we deserved. And, and so that can change you where you're at right now. We believe in that. And so we want to, and, and here's who we are. This is just what, we have been a church and we, again, not stopped one bit of doing this. We just want to remove as many barriers as possible that get in the way of that. They get in the way of hearing the amazing story of Jesus. That's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we want to just help people take the next step with God and keep moving with Jesus in their life. So not only to discover Jesus, but after you do, to keep taking those steps with them. And nothing stopped that. Not even the coronavirus, everybody. Like, we're just still on that mission. And, and so we're not starting anything new today as much as we just want to put that back in front of you. Put that back in front of anybody who needs to hear this and be encouraged about this. Because, listen, everybody, the mission is still going. It's never stopped. It won't stop ever. So Step Up uh, is a campaign. Uh, it's not, uh, we're not asking for any money. We're not asking for, like, a two-year commitment or anything like that. Here's what I'm saying. Here's how I'm going to tell you. It's a season we're just coming into. It's a season we are entering into to get our buckets filled back up with God and his vision for your life and his mission for us as a church and just seeing this mission as clear as we can. That's, that's what this season is going to be, as clear as it was six months ago, as it was a year ago, as it was 12 years ago, so we can just keep making a difference in this community, in our lives for Jesus, okay? Sound good? Sound good? Okay, that's what we're going to be doing. And here's why this is so important. This is why it's so important. Uh, it's important for us to have this vision because of this. This is what the Bible tells us because he says, where there is no vision... Uh, the people perish. People perish. I like the, the message translation of this. Here's what the message says. It says, if the people can't see what God's doing, then they're going to stumble all over themselves. Does that sound familiar to some of you or some of the things you're seeing around? They'll stumble all over themselves. You know, see it. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And I've got to be honest with you. I've been thinking a lot about this as I've been thinking about this season we're into, thinking about Step Up, and I just looked into my own life as I've been praying through this, and I, I gotta tell you something about my own life. I feel like I need to share this with you, just especially over the last two, three months as, as I've run into some of you, I've talked to some of you. I gotta tell you something. I have not been more encouraged in my spiritual journey with God than I have in the last two, three months of my life. 
I just got, with the people that God has put in my life, the things that he has actually let me see, it has spurred me on. I have not been more spurred on in my spiritual walk with God than I have been over the last two months. Honestly, it's been amazing to me. Even in my home group, uh, just when I think about them, and, and you know, because it's been hard for us to meet. We, we've been a group for about a year, and, and we decided to take one more semester together, and we knew it would be a little weird, so we haven't really been meeting, but I tell you what, we have still been communicating, and it's been spurring me on too. That my group has been challenging me, and we haven't been going through a lot of great things together. That's the thing. Like, we've been going through some challenges together. We've been praying for each other. And, and I'm telling you, God has been showing up all over the place for me during this time. It's just so encouraging to me. And I'm telling you, my bucket is so full. It's just kept me going. But here's the thing, gang. It's what I think happens when we're attending to what God is revealing. Because he hasn't stopped revealing. He hasn't stopped moving. I think it's what happens when people keep attending to what is happening. But here's what I also know is true. And this is why I want to share this about where I'm at. This is what I also know is true. See, this isn't the story a lot of you would tell right now. With where you're at with God, where you are uh, with, with community and all that stuff. And, and here's what I see. Uh, it's, and it, it's a result of just talking to some of you as well. And I know I see it happening. And what I see happening is something that I just want to put a stop to. And what I see happening is the result of drifting away from God's vision in your life, drifting away uh, from the encouragement that he wants to give you, just kind of staying a little bit less and less connected with us as a church. And it's causing a lot of people to what this is saying is perishing in a lot of ways in your spiritual journey with God. And, and what I see perishing more, more specifically, I think a lot of people are just becoming spiritually apathetic just kind of like how i say just kind of meh meh and and it's you're kind of okay with meh like you're just kind of okay with it and i'm here to tell you i'm not okay with that i i have more expectations for you in your spiritual journey with god than just being meh over this season and what's going on i am not okay with that i don't care if you're okay with it i am not man and i'll tell you why i'm not because i've been studying a lot of things lately everybody i've been looking at trends and studies of things that happen and what is affecting the church and i'm going to tell you some of the stuff's not good it's just not good. And I, don't, I think it's stuff that we don't really notice when we're drifting away a little bit. But, but here's what I've been seeing. Uh, and these are trends in church, and some of them just are, are just a little alarming to me. Uh, one trend that's alarming to me is from a Barna study that I found. Uh, and this was since the coronavirus forced worship services to go virtual, to go online. Here's what they found in surveys with Christians. Uh, nearly a third of cho- churchgoers have stopped attending church even virtually. That you have that capability, we have actually given that to you. That a third of people who say, I'm a Christian, I've given my life to Christ, church is important to me, a third of you have just stopped, even virtually. Uh, and, and what you're doing, is, what a lot of people are doing is allowing that Sunday rhythm just to dry out in your life. And, and, and here's some other things that stuck out to me as I was looking at this study. It just kind of popped out to me. But the study also found, they interviewed them and, and gave them some statements to answer yes or no to. Uh, and so here's what, again, I just want to lay this out there for people because I think we don't see what's happening as a result of just kind of stopping or, you know, where we're at and just being mad about this. Uh, but I've been looking at these. And, and here's some statements. These are real numbers of people who have stopped attending church since COVID started. Here Here is what is happening to them. Real stuff. This is what we're finding. So the percentage of people saying yes to these statements. Here's the first statement. That I am not anxious about my life because I have inner peace with God. 90% who are still attending would say that's true versus 75% and it's plummeting to people who are not attending or stopped attending or watching online. Gang, listen, that's a basic fundamental truth and reality that we should have as Christians. These are Christians who are just not saying they have inner peace anymore. Strictly because they just kind of stopped attending. That's alarming to me. That's a lot. You should not have that as a reality in your life if you're a Christian. Here's another one that I just found interesting. Again, this is people saying yes to this statement. This statement, I feel bored all the time. Okay, that was a statement. The number has tripled with Christians who stopped attending church. 
okay? And so listen, here's what that means. You're not finding more interesting things to do, everybody. Like, you're not finding better things to do. You're more bored, and you're not coming. But that's different than people who are still attending. And listen, that's not surprising to me. Because listen, what's happening is the spiritual indifference is becoming a pandemic in your life and you lose purpose, you lose vision when you stop being connected to the community of people around us. What happens? It's just, it's just alarming. I mean, here's the other one. This one is closest to my heart uh, and this is a statement. I feel more symptoms of depression. That number's doubled. That number is doubled to people saying yes with Christians who have not re-engaged with their church since this stuff hit. So I mean, that's just really alarming to me. That's really alarming to see and why I think what we're doing right now is so vital and so critical. And here's what it just makes me wanna ask all of you who are here, all of you watching online. Uh, some of you have checked back in today for the first time in a while. I'm so glad you're here, but I feel like I wanna be so bold to ask this question in light of all these. Have you found yourself drifting a bit? You know, not like getting to a point where you're just completely depraved or anything like that, but just a little more apathetic to God little more checked out with church? Are you finding yourself drifting that? I, I believe, here's what I believe, everybody. This is what I want to say. I believe that any given time, right now, in this moment in your life, you are either drifting more towards or more away from God and his call in your life. Like, no one's static in that. You're either going towards or away from what God and his call in your life. Every one of us is in a movement. Like, we're not static. So just straight up, if I were to ask you, if I could be so bold, which direction are you headed right now, what would you answer? What would you say? How are you drifting right now? Now, I'm gonna make a bold statement as well. I'm gonna make a brave statement. You can control how you move towards God right now in this moment. You can make a decision on how you drift towards God. And I wanna encourage you, everybody, listen, wherever you're at, drift towards God, amen? Everybody, let's just start drifting towards God and who he is and what he's doing. Because again, he's constantly moving. He's never stopped, okay? And maybe some of you, here's my hope, because I know a lot of you probably wouldn't answer. I'm drifting away. I want you to check in with us and drift towards God. But I know that there are a lot of you, because I've talked to you as well, that you would say you're a lot like me. You've been more encouraged. You've seen more God things happening. You've seen like God show up so often in your life. And here's what I want to tell you, because I know you're out there. I know you're in here in this room. I'm going to ask you a question. Here's my question to you. Can you reach out? Can you reach out to people? Because here's the truth, man. There are a lot of people who are River Ridge, people that I know that I just haven't run into. You know, I can't run into everybody. I can't run into 1,200 of you. But there are people uh, who would say that River Ridge Church is your home, but they're in that number of drifting away. They're in that number of drifting away, and they need to feel connected. They need to feel connected. So we're doing what we can as a staff. We're putting our best foot forward as a church to enter into this season. But we also need you, everybody, listen, to be the church and to check in with people in your circles because there are people I know in your circle that have drifted away just to check in and say, hey, how you doing? Hey, did you watch that? Hey, are you doing step up? Hey, did you grab that box? Hey, are you going to engage with us in this season as a church? Here's the deal, man. And I guess it's like, again, I think this is why I do what I do. This is why I love what I do, man. Church matters. Church matters. I think a lot of us are finding that out a little bit. And, and, and not just Sunday morning, I'm just saying like, it matters to stay connected consistently to the body of believers. And I think that's why the Bible points to it so many times. To feel consistently connected really matters in everyday life. And here's my fear for a lot of people. See, it doesn't feel like you lose much when you look at it in the moment. But over time, over months, you look back, and I'm telling you, the, the stats don't lie. The, those statements don't lie. Among practicing Christians, here's my fear, here's what's happening. There are serious consequences happening to spiritual health of people all over in this church. And so here's the thing, everybody. Enough of the negativity. So we just decided, hey, we can sit and shake our heads at it, or we could pray and get going and invite people to join in. We decided to do the second one, okay? We're not gonna sit and complain about the problem. We're gonna be a part of the solution for everyone to take hold, and listen to me, wake up a little bit with God in your life. Does that sound 
pretty good, everybody. We're just going to be a part of this solution. And we, we just think that's the better thing to do, okay? And so here's what we did. A couple weeks ago, we sent out 1,100 postcards uh, to, to 1,100 households representing about 2,500 people that, that have been somewhat connected or whatever connection you had to River Ridge Church to say something's coming, step-up's coming, we have something going. And so if you've stayed connected or if this is your first time back or you started coming back or you've been watching online or you're completely checked out, wherever you are, man, we're putting our best foot forward for us as a church to do something with uh, God in our lives and our families this fall, okay? It's like a full court press, everybody. Like we're just going, hitting the r- ground running. And so here's what that means just real quick uh, for a few movements going on in the church right now today. So, so what this means is right now today, our family ministry is open. Uh, we're open, man. We are meeting in person Sunday mornings with your kids. Uh, we, we started this this morning and it's been really good so far. We're, we're practicing all the, the, the guidelines, masks, social distancing, all that stuff, but we are going full on in our family ministry right now. It's just, and we're also at the same time keeping everything virtual open for, for those of you who still don't want to come back. We're just, we're starting uh, with this fall uh, and we got new stuff. Our student ministry is open. Our middle schoolers are meeting Sunday mornings now again, okay? And then our student or our high school ministry hasn't really stopped, but they're starting again and, and we're meeting Sunday nights, five o'clock, okay? And our adult ministry right now is in full swing. It's in full swing, man. Like, so we're kicking off all our groups next week. We're, we're kicking off everything we're going. And next week, we're starting a brand new series that we're gonna be in for the next seven weeks in the book of First Peter. It's gonna be an awesome series. Uh, and I think it's, we're gonna find a whole lot of similarities between what was going on then and what's going on today. And again, we're still gonna provide everything to you as adults uh, online and whatever, but we are just back in it here, man. We are back together. We're going however you want to join in with us. We are get, There is something for everyone right now, okay? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, we don't want to just, we don't want you just to see what we're doing. We want you to actually take a step. We want you to make an actual commitment. And so, and I think this is really important. I think not, I think just seeing something's really good, but you, we, we're going to ask you to actually make a commitment today. Uh, so here's what we have for every single person or every family who wants to actually take Take an active step with us this fall. Uh, what we have, we made for every single family who wants to be a part of this and everybody who wants to be a part of this, uh, an actual kit, uh, a step-up kit. And th- there are things in this kit that you are going to need in order to actually be active in participating with us to join in with what we're doing, okay? But you're only gonna get this if you sign up. Like, you're not just gonna get this on your way out. You actually have to sign up for this. Uh, so, and here's the thing. Like, we want everyone to get one. But you can only get it, uh, we just think it's really important to really take, not just take something, but do something with it this fall, okay? The video just showed you a sneak peek of everything you're getting, but it's just a lot of things you're going to need, uh, and everything in the family that you need is just one box per family, but uh, in there you're going to have a calendar of events going on this fall, so you're kind of up to speed on what we're doing as a church, got a lot of things coming up. Uh, we got a, an entire study guide of, of the series that we're going to start in First Peter, it's going to help you over the next seven weeks to do individual study, uh, you're going to be able to do a right now media study that's available to everybody, Give you log on information, whether you're an individual or you're a part of a group, to get in there and do a video study with First Peter as well over the next seven weeks, starting next week. Scripture memory verses through the book of First Peter. Uh, you got coffee in there, stickers in there. Uh, there's games for your kids in there. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we have a brand new step up curriculum for the fall for your kids for elementary and preschool. So on your way out to grab that, you can get those two, and that's each kid gets one packet for that. And then most importantly in there is we have a commitment card. The chemical card, why don't you put your money where your mouth is, everybody? So here's what we're going to do. Again, we're not asking you to give any money. We're asking you to give like a spiritual commitment here to God. And so, so this is kind of representing what the card is. So, so again, we're not, there's just different steps for everybody, different levels of commitment, all the way from just saying, I mean, listen, I'm not going to miss a Sunday starting now. 
That's just a basic commitment that anybody can make. Whether I'm watching or being here, I'm not going to miss a Sunday. All the way up to doing a study and joining in a group, or remember, I'm going to memorize scripture, all that stuff. And then with the families, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to engage in Rich Kids Online. We're going to do the Rich Kids devotional together. So again, there's something for everybody. You don't have to take all the steps. We're just asking you to take a step with us. And, and I want you to really think about this. Like, think about this as a family and mark it up for you and your family. Make a spiritual commitment today for you in the fall, okay? And then, and then after that, with this commitment card that's in your packet, we are asking you to let us know what your commitment is. And it's gonna give you instructions. We already have people chiming in with us online and say, here's our commitment as a family. They're excited to do it. So we want you to let us know uh, and you'll have instructions in the kit. So I think it's gonna be huge. I think it's gonna be huge for you to kind of get moving with God this fall uh, and to do it and grab, I hope you grab one of those kits, man, because, man, it sets a plan. It gives structure around it, and I just think a lot of us need that right now. So, if you are here, if you're physically here, you can grab a kit today. You can get one today on your way out. Uh, you can go there. We'll just mark your name off the list, and then you can get your kit and get moving with us. Uh, so, and it's one box for a family, so make sure you take one. Uh, and for those of you who are not here, those of you who are watching, uh, and you are able to come and get one, uh, you can also come and get one. We're going to give them out on our night of worship tonight. Unfortunately, weather did not work out for us, so we're postponing the night of worship for tonight, everybody. Um, we'll let you know when we're going to do it again sometime this week. We're hoping. I'll let you know as soon as we get that updated. We'll let you know when we're going to do that, but uh, you can come and grab a box all week, Monday through Friday, noon to one. You could come and pick one up, or 5 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, and you're going to want to get this box this week because we're, our groups are going to kick off next week. Really important if you're in a group because it kind of has the small group guide that you're going to need, and we just want to make sure we're kicking it off uh, with everybody has everything that they need, okay? And here's what I want to say to some of you. Here's what I want to say to some of you. Like, my hope is that every single person in here found one reason at least to get this. Like, I think everybody could find a reason to be a part of this, but some of you, I'm just gonna tell you, you need this. You know it, I know it, and you're pointing finger, like you're just kind of wondering what's wrong, what's going on, and you're looking for something to get you kid. Here it is, everybody. Like, we got it for you. You're looking for something to jumpstart you. Here it is. It's time to step up. It's time to get moving. It's time to step forward with God. And so we're ready. I hope you come join us. How about it, everybody? Everybody excited to step up with us? Come on, man. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Come on, man. Let's get moving. All right. With all that said, with all that said, okay, let's get moving to God's word, all right? If you have your Bibles, if you're watching out there, grab your Bible, go ahead and open them up. We're gonna be in 1 Peter chapter one. Like I say, next week, we're starting a brand new sermon series in the book of 1 Peter. What I'm gonna do today is just give us like kind of an introduction to this great study, kind of give some background about this and what we're gonna be doing over the next seven weeks. So uh, we're gonna be digging in a lot uh, with Peter and this great letter that he writes to the church and studying this uh, together on Sundays and outside. So again, if you grab a kit, you're gonna have all the stuff. If you're in a home group, you absolutely need a kit because it give you what you need to go with the group, okay? I think it's going to be a great series for us uh, because here's what's happening in the church in this time of 1 Peter. Here's what's going on. In fact, I'm going to jump really quick to the last chapter in 1 Peter, to 1 Peter 5, and then we'll go to the beginning. And I'm going to let Peter tell you why he's writing this letter to the church. And here's what he says. He says, my purpose in writing is to encourage you. Anybody need some encouragement right now, everybody? He's I want to encourage you and to assure you that what you're experiencing now is truly part of God's grace for you. So stand firm in this grace. So Peter is getting a letter. He's telling this church, hey, listen, I want to encourage you. I want you need some encouragement. To encourage means to give 
courage uh, because what was happening then and what was happening in the church, listen, was a lot of stuff, everybody. Here's, here's what was happening uh, at this point in time with the church. This was about 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, about 30 years after that happened, okay? And Peter is looking around at the church and here's what he is seeing. He's one of the preeminent leaders of the church. We're gonna find out here in a second. But he is seeing that the leaders of the church are, are like going down. Like they're getting martyred, they're getting killed. And then one of the other big leaders, Paul, at this point in time, he's in prison. And so he's looking around, he's seeing all this stuff going down. And Christians also at this time, uh, they were getting blamed for pretty much every bad thing that was going on. They were having like a big smear campaign going on. Like the the emperor of Rome, uh, Christianity was really a burr in his side. And so he was trying to blame Christians for everything going down. And so the church is spread out. The church is scattered all over the place. They're hanging on in pockets all over the region. They couldn't meet like they were meeting. They, They just couldn't get together like they were getting together. Sound familiar to anybody? Okay, and Peter, the main leader of the church, he's looking at Christianity and he's seeing some problems. He's like, man, there's some danger. There's some things going on. There's a sense of something brewing and something coming against the faith and there were fears of what's next and there's what's the church gonna look like kind of fears. Again, sound familiar? And I don't know if you know this, but man, that stuff, that gets a little contagious in the church. Those statements, those fears, they get a little contagious. And, and there are times, listen everybody, there are times and seasons where the people of God need to starve, fear, and feed courage. Amen, everybody? And that's what we're gonna do. That's what Peter wanted to do. And he realized, man, if there's ever a time to encourage, it's right now. And I guess if there's anybody that's gonna do it, I guess it's gonna be me. And so he says, man, I'm writing to you. I'm gonna encourage you, church. I'm gonna encourage you. And I'm gonna assure you that what we are going through What we are going through is not outside of God's grace. It is truly a part of God's grace for you because here's the thing, what we are all going through today, like we're all going through a bunch of different things, but we are all together in going through something big right now. But here's what he's saying to them and I think what God is saying to us today too. The children of God have something to overcome and endure it and it's God's grace. That's what he's saying. We got something to overcome and endure it and it's the grace of God that there's God's grace. What that is, is that's the presence of God. There's the presence of God. There is something that can happen if we choose to live for God in the best of times and in the worst of times. And it's, and it's a life that we live, listen, everybody, that's not normal. It's not a normal life to live. It's not the life you're gonna see on TV. It's not the life you're gonna easily be able to find. And in many ways, is why we're calling the series a counterintuitive life because in many ways, it's a life that you live that's a little counterintuitive to what the norm is out in our culture. But listen, it's a life that, gang, actually will bring us God's grace and encouragement in a time where, listen to me, we badly, badly need it, amen? Don't we need it? We need it badly, and we gotta let Jesus overcome it through us and in us so that the world can see Jesus around us. Amen, everybody? And that's what he's saying. So let's go to it. First Peter chapter 1, verse 1. I know you're nervous because we only have 20 minutes. I'm not gonna go through a whole lot, okay? Just take a breath. Uh, just, just a few verses, okay? Maybe 10, I don't know. All right, here we go. Just kidding. All right, Peter, it's raining anyway, so you don't wanna get outside. Okay, Peter... Sorry, I I get distracted. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay, so here's like the beginning of the letter. And again, we're just gonna look at a few verses, but in these verses, it's gonna kind of set up the foundation for what we're gonna study over the next seven weeks. So I wanna get a little background. Let's start with Peter, okay? Uh, So Peter uh, was an apostle. He was actually one of the 12 disciples, okay? Now, here's the thing. There were a lot of followers of Jesus. Like a disciple is, is somebody who says, you're gonna be my teacher, uh, I'm your disciple. There were a lot of uh, disciples, followers of Jesus, but there were 12 that were kind of an inner circle and Peter was one of those 12, okay? And not only was he one of those 12, Peter was also one of three disciples that were closest to Jesus. He was one of Jesus' closest friends. And so he experienced 
amazing things with Jesus. He was actually one of the only human beings to ever walk on water other than Jesus. He walked on water uh, with Jesus and he saw Jesus heal people. He saw Jesus raise people from the dead. He saw, he saw him die on the cross and he saw him come back to life and, and go to heaven. So Peter knew firsthand who Jesus was. He was more than human. He was like, he's not a human being. He is God in the flesh and savior of mankind. Uh, so he knew all those things. It was like the highest of highs for Peter. Uh, but he also knew everybody. He also knew what God's grace was in his life. He knew a lot about God's grace because all that was Peter in his good days. He had some bad days too, everybody. He definitely had some bad days. And on his bad days, Peter needed God's grace big time. He, he was a talk first kind of guy really got in trouble a lot. Like he got in trouble a lot because he was the one who said something first. I know how that feels, okay? Uh, and, and he messed up a lot with Jesus too. In fact, he messed up so bad with Jesus one day, Jesus called him Satan. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Like where you, your boy calls you Satan. It's like, okay, that messed up right there, okay? Uh, and the pinnacle of this, pinnacle of, of, of him in his bad days was he denied Jesus. He disassociated himself with Jesus when Jesus needed him the most when he was dying on the cross. Somebody came up to Peter and said, hey, do you know that guy? And Peter said, no, I don't know who he is. And so here's what I'm gonna say, man. What we see is a guy who had the highest of highs with Jesus and the lowest of lows with Jesus. How many can relate to that? I don't know, man. If there's a guy to look to for me and relate to, I can relate with that kind of guy who had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with Jesus. So if Peter's what I'm gonna say. So if Peter can find a way, we can find a way, everybody. And Peter shows us, listen to me, that God isn't just a God of second chances. He's a God of third, fourth, fifth, keep going chances for me in my life, okay? So it's just, we could be encouraged. We can be a little bit encouraged by his life, okay? So Peter, he says, I'm an apostle. Here's what apostle meant. Apostle then uh, was a little different. There's apostleship today, but apostle then was different than uh, anything else. Even pastor today, it's a little different. Uh, and here's what, what it meant then. It was in the sense of that an apostle then, they were raised up to actually get the church on its feet in the first century. And there's only a handful of them because one of the qualifications that you had to have to be an apostle then was you had to actually have seen Jesus and he had to actually have appointed you to be an apostle. Uh, but today, in today's sense, apostle just means this. It means sent one. It means sent, to be sent, that you're a messenger. And so G, or Peter was saying, listen, I am sent. I'm just letting you know I am being sent on behalf of Jesus Christ. That's, so he was writing to the church. He was writing this group of Christians. He just wanted them to know like that's that he is sent on behalf of Christ. And that carried a lot of weight with them. They were going to pay attention to what he said. And uh, there were only a handful of men uh, that fit that description then of a bloody Christian. Here's what I want to tell you. This is what Peter's trying to rem remind you of. God chose you. And he looked at you and he said, I want you. And I'm telling you, that should change how you see God. And it should change how you see yourself. And there are many here who haven't seen. I think you've drifted away from that. Especially over the six, last six months of your life, I'm telling you. But he's saying, you're mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I want you to be with me. You're elect. You're chosen. Pretty cool word. And he says, you're also, though, not only God's elect, also an exile. I found this word interesting too, this, this word exile. So this, I really looked into this a little bit as I was studying because uh, I want to know, like, what does exile actually mean? I think we kind of know what it means, but, uh, and here's what I think Peter was saying. I think there's a historical thing going on, but I also think there's a divine thing going on with this word exile. I think what Peter was saying is that there is an identity we have, that if you're a Christian, there is an identity you have, that, that the identity you have is it comes from the inside, that when you accept and surrender your life to Jesus, that something changes from the inside and it changes what happens that goes on out. So, so what that identity does, it should dictate how you see life and actually live life. Something on the inside dictates that uh, on how you see life and how you should live. And he also says that through that, you're in exile. 
that you're in exile. I think uh, in the context of the letter that he wrote, I think he was being literal uh, with the church because they were scattered all over the place. So he's like, you're exiles. You don't really have a home. You're all over the place. But he was trying to say, let's stay united. But I also think that while Peter was being literal, I think that God is, this is a divine message. I believe that God is calling to all Christians in this life. I think God is calling all Christians in life to be this because what the Bible says, what God says is this, that this is not your home. This is not your home. You have a permanent residence and this ain't it. And he's saying, man, you are living in a world that you're not from. And so really quick, I want to look at this concept of exile and then we'll be done and get moving on this great study because here's the thing, as I thought about this, there are, as a Christian right now, there are several options on how you live this life as a Christian on this earth. I'm just talking about on this earth. You have several options you have to live as a Christian in this world. And when you're living in a country, just thinking about this in this aspect, of when you're living in a country that you're not from, you could be one of three things in it. And here's the first one if you're taking notes. The first option you can live as is an immigrant. Okay, as an immigrant. And here's what this means. An immigrant uh, is what an immigrant means today. An immigrant is someone who seeks to make the new country their permanent home. That's what an immigrant is. They, they look and they, lo- they want to be a part of the country they're in to make their permanent home. And this is what a lot of Christians do in this world. This is what a lot of them do. We actually talked about this last week with that uh, uh, word conform. And, and what it means is that your outward way of, there are Christians where your outward way of living shows an opposite reflection of what you know about heaven that you're putting all your eggs in the basket of this world, that you're not living like there's something waiting for you, that, that you're actually living in an opposite way. You're conforming to the world and you're living in an opposite reflection. There are a lot of Christians who hear that they're citizens of heaven, but they don't live like heaven's waiting for them. And they treat this world as where they really want to live. And God says, that's not who you are. If you're living that way, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna find the things that I have for your life. That's not who I made you to be. So that's option one. There are a lot of Christians that live that way. Here's the second option, is that I can also live as a tourist. Now, tourist uh, is actually the opposite of immigrant, right? Like that you're, you're not really uh, in that country at all and what you want to do is, is you're almost like you have no intention of living in there at all. You're, it's almost just like a tourist. You're just visiting, right? You're just kind of visiting. There's no real uh, emotional investment. There's no real attachment to it. And, and here's the thing. That may sound right, but God's saying that's not how you're called to live in this world either. That you're not called to be like that because, and, and here's the thing, some Christians live in a way where you stay completely separated from everybody else in the world. That you have this us and them mentality uh, and, and that you just don't, you feel no connection to the lost. You feel no connection or, or any uh, responsibility to the people that are far away from God. That's not my problem. That's the, I'm just staying away from that. There's no real investment or any attachment to the community. God said, that's not who I called you to be either. And so option three is the option that Peter talks about. And it's the option that God wants us to think about is that you live as an exile. You live as an exile. An exile is someone, here's what I wrote down. An exile is someone whose home is somewhere else, but for an undefined amount of time, they have to make their home in a new place. Okay, it's a temporary stop on the journey to where your real home is. That's what living as an exile is. And what Peter tells them, and what I believe God is still telling us today is this, that you are God's chosen people. You are one of God's chosen people, but you are living in a land that is not where you ultimately belong. You are a citizen of another place, and so that means you should be different. 
that you shouldn't look the same, that you don't fit, and you shouldn't really fit into this world. And when you finally understand that, when people come to understand really what I should embrace in my life, when you finally come to understand, then you'll stop fighting that, and you also, everybody, stop actually conforming to the world that I believe a lot of Christians are doing anymore, and, and you'll actually start living out the real call and the big idea of what we're going to talk about over the next seven weeks, and it's the big idea of this, is that I need to embrace my identity as an exile. That God is telling me, man, if you embrace your identity as an exile, you're going to see, you're going to see what I can do. You're going to be assured of my grace. You're going to see the things that come as a result of that. So here's a question. What does that mean? Right? Like, what does it mean to live as an exile? Well, we're going to be looking at that over the next seven weeks, starting next Sunday. I hope you come back. We're going to look at the first thing that that means to be living this out as an identity as an exile. So that's, I hope you come with us in this journey. It's going to be an awesome series. I think we're going to find, again, a lot of similarities between the church then and what was happening, what's happening with us today. And here's the other question. Why should I do it? Right? Like, why should I live as an exile? I'm going to read the next verse, and then we'll be done, I promise. Because he's going to tell you why. He says, listen, you are God's chosen, God's elect exiles, listen to what he says, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. In abundance. Why should we embrace this? Why should we start understanding what it means to live as an exile? Well, the first thing that Peter says is because God exists in a way where he could just totally infiltrate and change your life. He talks about the Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working in unison to come and bring you to Jesus and work through you in the Holy Spirit so you can see God for who he really is. And he says, and also it's so that, listen to me, so that grace and peace not just come, but they come in abundance. You know, I was thinking about this. Golly, I, I know you see this too with everything going on right now. How much stuff is going on? How much junk is going on in the world right now? And you know what I think the world needs right now? You know what the world lacks? It's peace, right? It's peace. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. This is why the world gets so frustrated. This is why organizations and people get so mad at each other. You can't have peace without Christ. It's impossible, and so that's why we see this group over here and this movement right there and, and all these things happening and then all these frustrations happen. It can't work with imperfect people. And that's all they're finding out. That the, the Bible talks about peace and the Bible talks about the peace that surpasses understanding. And that is only through the presence of God and Jesus Christ in your life. It's the only way it can happen. It's the only thing that can fix it. Nothing else can. I think a lot of people want peace, but they don't want Jesus. Right? You want peace? Well, yeah, you want Jesus? No, no. Jesus, I'm the Prince of Peace. That's all I am. I bring peace. And so it's the presence of God that sustains you through the things of this life. And listen to me, you can have that. You can have peace right now in Christ and through embracing this identity as an exile. That's why you're gonna wanna know how to live an exile life. And so I hope you're ready. I hope you wanna come with us and actually think about embracing this reality to be exiles and how that can bring grace an abundance of peace in our lives and our lives around. It's going to be a great series. I think it's going to be awesome. I hope you join with us. Sound good, everybody? Yeah? All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. All right, let me pray for us. I ran out of time. I didn't have anything left anyways. All right, God. Man, you are amazing. It's amazing. Like, 
I, every time I think about like just the song of saying, you called my name, you called me, you, you know me. Wow, what an identity I have with that, that you know me that well, that you, that you call me home, that you, that you call me my son, that, that your son. And that should change me, that should change us. God, help, help us think through that. Help us to reflect on what it looks like to be living as a people that we call. Right now as we're praying, I just want to, as we're bowing our heads and closing, I just want you to think about, uh, just real quick as you're reflecting with God, I want to give you just a second to think about the three options that, that we looked at. And I just want you to challenge yourself on where am I at right now with God? Where am I at with God's call in my life? Am I, am I more of an exile or am I, am I more of an immigrant? Am I owning too much of this world or, or am I really a tourist where I just don't, I'm so separated or... I just want you to think about that for a second. Which one are you finding yourself in right now? God, I want you to challenge us right now as we're thinking through that. I want you to challenge us and see the challenge of what it looks like and how we can experience you through living this life as an exile. That's your call. That's who you say we are. And that's where we will find grace and peace, not just a little bit, but in abundance. May we be a church that seeks after that and finds that so that it just pours out in this community that we love so much and the people that we're around. We love you. We need you. Uh, and I pray for this uh, to be an amazing season for us as a church. We need you for that. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everybody.